You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghost host, Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pet Radio on PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, our topic today I'm actually really excited about because it's post-life communication with pets or talking to pets after they've died. As a paranormal investigator, I've worked with wonderful sensitives who have communicated with people, but I've not uh, really worked with anybody who's communicated with pets. Now, and I do apologize to those listening. Uh, today has been a very interesting day, and uh, we're going to have some pug noise in the background. Uh, I wish they were barking at something supernatural, but they're not. They're just having a, a pug day today. But I am so thrilled to say that we are hosting today Karen Anderson, who is really a very talented animal communicator who deals with animals in both life and in death. And I'm just so intrigued by this topic that I can't wait to get started. Uh, Unfortunately, or fortunately, we just need to pause for these announcements and we will be right back with Karen Anderson. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com. 
to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. And welcome back. Today's guest is Karen Anderson, who is America's animal communicator and the author of Hear All Creatures. She is known worldwide for her ability to communicate with all animals, living or deceased. The abundance of detailed information on Karen provided during her consultation really sets her apart as an expert in her field. And actually, uh, she was recommended to me when I was being interviewed uh, as a paranormal investigator. The man's name is Lion, interestingly enough, Lion and Sierra, and they recommended her to me. She uh, has a abilities that were revealed early in her life and she spent the past decades sharpening her skills to assist animals in need. She has mastered her intuitive abilities as a deputy sheriff. Now that's intriguing. And Karen has learned to trust her inner voice as she encountered life-threatening situations while on patrol. She is a popular TV and radio guest, a public speaker and mentor. She also does animal rescues, and she's done this since 1999. She resides near Spokane, Washington, and she continues to be an advocate and really gives voice to all creatures out there. So welcome, Karen. Hi, Brandy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, this is just a fascinating topic, and I thank you for bearing with through the, <laughs> the noise and everything else we've had going today. But I'm, I'm curious, how exactly did you get into this field? I mean, what an intriguing niche to have. So how did you get into animal communication, post-death communication? Yeah, it's a funny jump going from cop to pet psychic, I know. But, uh, <laughs> you have to scratch your head at that one. But, you know, looking back on it now, it all makes perfect sense to me. And truly, uh, for those who are in law enforcement or have a loved one in law enforcement, I don't know a cop out there that isn't uh, intuitive to some degree. They all have a certain sense about um, the bad guy or knowing a situation before they walk into it. They won't call it intuition. They'll call it a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know any cop out there that doesn't use other than their um, five senses. That You have to. It's your survival instinct. So looking mm-hmm. back now, it makes perfect sense to me that that's where I was able to sharpen my skills. And that was when I received my first message as an adult from one of my own cats But I could do this many, many years ago as a child. In fact, I think children are fabulous at being able to see spirits, ghosts, um, different energies. They just, they don't know that they can't. They're so open and and so able to feel and sense and see things. And it was truly when I was a a young child that I first uh, communicated with animals. But honestly, Brandy, I thought everybody could. I didn't know that it was something different or unusual. Oh, that is. 
yeah, fascinating. That's where, it all that's where it all started. And actually, so far, you've hit on some topics that we actually do teach with the Spirits of St. Petersburg. And in fact, one of our sensitives is a retired cop. She was in the sex crimes division. So that's what she spent a great deal of time doing. But she has an extraordinary amount of sensitivity. It's been quite amazing to work with her. And she was really one of the Spirits' most successful early sensitives. So I believe this, it. I believe it's it. It's really, really neat. Well, now, how exactly did you discover post-death communication? You've mentioned that a cat contacted you, but, I mean, how did this happen? You know, it was actually, um, the first message I received was, as an adult, was from one of my cats who was alive, and it was, uh, I document this and talk about it in great detail in my book, Hear All Creatures, about how I was just getting up one Saturday morning to make coffee, and I heard this voice in my head, basically. It was like a voice in my head, but the weird thing was, it was in... It was my voice, and it was in my head, but it wasn't my thought. So I thought I was going crazy. I thought, you know, I've been putting in too many hours, uh, kind of starting to lose it here. I really thought I was losing it. And then it turned out that my cat really was sick. The message he was giving me was that he was very sick. It was very urgent. And so that kind of made me go, wait a second, maybe I'm onto something here. So when I first communicated with an animal who had passed on, transitioned to the other side, I had no idea that this animal wasn't still alive because when I first started to learn how to do this, I practiced from a photograph. I would use the photograph of an animal to make the connection and to obtain the messages. So I had a photograph and I was practicing with it, assuming that it was a German Shepherd, assuming that the German Shepherd was alive and well, and all of these strange messages started coming in about what her life used to be like and what she used what used to be her favorite things to do and what her family did for her. It was all past tense. So I had no idea at the time. I, I came about it very much by surprise and it just kind of happened. And it, it surprised me because I thought in my rational head that it would be more difficult to communicate with an animal who had passed away or transitioned. You, it it mm-hmm. just didn't seem... Like it would be as easy because they're they're physically gone. They're not here. That is actually fairly interesting because there are different philosophies on what happens to animals when they die. And the ones that I hear most often are, you know, for example, small animals cross over very quickly and, and then they you know reincarnate or, or whatever. Cats are supposed to stay around for about six months and then they transition over. And usually folks do say they reincarnate. And then dogs can, can kind of retain their, their consciousness for up to a year. So where is it exactly, you know, well, first of all, do you agree with that? I mean, do pets retain that consciousness longer or what is your theory on what happens with with animals when they uh, pass on? Well, and I'm certainly going to just share from my experience. I can only tell you what I have learned, what the animals have told me. And and certainly, you know, there may be other theories and beliefs out there. And, and, you know, whatever makes sense to you is, is the way I like to look at it. But for me, I have contacted animals who have passed away 50 years ago. Wow. To make the connection with that animal. I can still contact that animal. So as far as their consciousness only being around for a limited period of time, the only time that I would think to disagree is that if that animal has reincarnated back into another physical body, um, they, they may, I've never had that happen. I've always been able to contact them regardless of what happens to them, but they may not respond to other people because they have gone into a new body and they're living a new life as Mm. another creature. 
so I kind of say, here's my here's my take on it, Brandy. I feel that there's no rule book out there, and whatever can happen is possible, and, and the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And I, I really feel that our animals are always connected to us for many, many years eternally after they pass and into our next lifetimes, and they come back with us mm-hmm. lifetime after lifetime. Now, that's kind of interesting because I do teach religions. Uh, that's my, my primary profession, other than trying to herd these pugs and keep them quiet or, you know, doing paranormal investigation. And there is one theory that says in Buddhism, we must be compassionate to one another because in every life, we have already contacted every other living being. So every living being here has at some point been our mother, our father, our pet. Uh, we were their pet. You know, so there's this kind of interchanging of souls and consciousness all throughout reality. I believe that to be true simply by what the animals have told me and what they've shown me. And I I have repeated sessions with animals who will show me a past life experience with their human being and they'll show me like a civil war battle where the two of them were soldiers or they'll show me um, an Egyptian scene where they're they're mummifying the, the bodies and preparing them for burial but they're both human energies or they'll show me one was human one was animal and it doesn't really matter who was who or what was what because we're we all have been with each other experience life with each other and relationships because that's where we have our greatest amount of learning is in a relationship now that's pretty amazing that i do find fascinating and i i don't know if others have experienced this but this might run along the same lines i know that i personally have seen many pets but there are certain ones that you just kind of have a little spark with odyssey was one of them he's my 13 and a half year old pug and you know when i saw him he was four weeks old and there were all these puppies they're all very cute but it was odyssey you know it was that was the one and i remember picking him up and he gave me a kiss and he chewed on my necklace you know at four weeks and i was like well this is my pug you know i've even had that experience with rats uh, you know you see one and you're just like wow that that one's mine do you think that has something to do with this reincarnation are we actually meeting up with former pets or friends I believe you just hit the nail on the head, so to speak, and here's what they've told me, Brandy. The animals tell me that the reason we have that, I call it soul recognition, where we either go out to buy a gallon of milk at the corner market and we come home with a kitten or a puppy, is -hmm. that there was something that drew us to that soul, regardless of what shape it's in. It could be human, it could be animal. Our souls on a higher level recognize each other, and they're doing the yippee-skippy dance because now we're back together again. And it's, it's that soul recognition that brings us together in this lifetime and in past lifetimes. I do believe that wow. to be true. Excellent. Well, where, where are pets in the meantime? I mean, if you're able to communicate with them, uh, where do they go post-death? Is there a liminal state? Are they just existing i mean it's kind of interesting are they in heaven i mean where do they go where does this energy go or you just don't know oh Uh, i think i have some theories on it and certainly uh um i'm i'm again sharing my experience from what they tell me and most of the animals as soon as they transition are welcomed into what i call the light or the pure love of what we define as heaven or the other side or the afterlife however you call it whatever you however you describe it and they're usually greeted by loved ones uh, family and friends and other animals who are on the other side there's usually a, a big celebration and it's quite 
um, party-like atmosphere where you and I are here left to grieve and to mourn the loss. They're over there having um, a good old time and excited to be reunited again with other family members and loved ones. And certainly it is a there is a group effort and a group celebration when somebody transitions. It's like a celebration of their life. Okay. They're honored and welcomed in, and I, I describe it as all around us. It's not in another location. It's not up in the clouds. It's not on another planet or galaxy. The, the animals tell me that they are all around us, that they live in heaven, if you will, as a parallel existence to us. Okay. So that means they can still hang out with us, they can be in our cars with us, they can go to lunch with us, they can go to the grocery store. I have animals during my sessions tell me what their moms had for lunch the day before, and these are deceased animals, what they bought at the grocery store, they've they've shared new hairdos, new haircuts, new hairstyles with me. Wow. They, they go with us. They're with us all the time. Our souls are eternally connected to our animal loved ones, and there is no end to those bonds of love. The bonds of love continue. Excellent. Well, that is actually quite intriguing as well. That really does fit with a lot of other ideologies that are out there. And in fact, even again in paranormal investigation, there's this idea that the spirit realm, and I think this is uh, Sylvia Brown, but that the spirit realm is basically a higher frequency than our own. And that literally, and even in Buddhism, the realm of the hungry ghosts, uh, Hinduism, the, the plane idea is almost like the psychic planes, that, that these actually overlie, overlay, excuse me, one another, and that we actually move through them, but we're just not able to be aware of them. I agree. I think we we are aware of them at times. I think some of us have visitations, and I have so many clients say, oh, Karen, I could have sworn I saw my, my dog down the hallway, or um, I felt a warm spot on the bed, and there was nobody there. And, you know, there's things like this that happen all the time, Brandy, and I think it is we, we discount it so many times instead of accepting it as really our loved ones letting us know, hey, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm around you. And I always will be. And I have to raise my vibration to mm-hmm. connect with spirit energies, and they have to lower their vibration to connect with me. So we kind of meet in the middle. It's like a halfway meeting point is what we do. Wow, now that is actually pretty amazing as well. And that does actually, it matches up what you're describing. It's just, it's so amazing to see the crossover. Uh, And I think it's interesting too that perhaps in the West, and and I have mentioned this before in other shows, that the Western undertone, the Western cultural undertone is that, uh, particularly with more fundamentalist Western religions, is that animals don't have souls. The thing that differentiates us from everything else is really uh, that humans have souls in the West, whereas in the East, there's more of an understanding that animals have a Buddha force or they have the Atman for Hinduism or in animistic societies that uh, beneath the skin, humans and animals are actually the same. You know, so the Western ideal, I think, is a little bit slower in catching up with this whole nature of animals and post-death communication. And I think now it's starting to become a hotter topic. I think that's interesting that we have Paranormal Pets radio show here. I actually have a couple of websites dedicated to uh, paranormal pugs, so pugs who come back as ghosts or people who experience ghosts with pugs. And even uh, a rodent page right now that I'm trying to, to bring up where, you know, again, small animals are, are usually accepted as a commodity. You know, they come and go so quickly and they're cheap to buy. You know, but my point is that, wait a minute, you know, these little guys have it too. You know, you can't say that a cat or dog has a soul, but not a rat or a mouse. You know, and it goes further down. 
I agree, and I, I don't I don't buy into the fact that any animal or living being does not have a soul. I, I have read that, and that doesn't sit well with me. Um, it To me, any creature, how big or how small, has a soul, and I don't believe that there is just like a... I've heard of a group consciousness before, like if a small rodent or insect or something dies, they just go into a group consciousness that they're not <laughs> capable of thought or feeling. I totally disagree. I have had some of the smallest of creatures share feelings uh, with me and messages. So I personally disagree with, and not with you, with the theory that animals, uh, smaller animals, don't have a soul. Um, I say no way, they do too. And I have the sessions um, and the messages to back up my experience and, and why I feel that so strongly about that. I, I truly believe that they have souls. And I, I want to throw in one thing real quickly here. I think that it's our human ego here, the ego side of the brain on the Western civilizations where we have this belief that we couldn't possibly have been an animal in a past life because mm-hmm. we feel or have been programmed that human, the human species is so much more intelligent and evolved than our animal species. Um, but I think in other cultures and other civilizations, they have a much greater respect for nature and animals and the animal kingdom. And so they're, they're honored to have been an animal in a past life. To them, that's an honor. Whereas Western civilization, we see it as, oh, animals are below us. I mean, in general, not everybody, of course, but generally. Well, the cultural undertone is absolutely so. You know, even I find it fascinating trying to teach, I teach young adults, you know, because I teach collegially and, and at university level. But, you know, I'll ask, well, where does meat come from? And they'll look at me and they'll say Publix. And I'll have to say, no, where does meat um, you know, we have to walk folks through it. And I think it's going to be an interesting transition in the next couple decades, actually. Whereas, first of all, we're finding substitution for meat, which I think is good, you know, with, with soy and whatnot. And secondly, as people, I think part of our issue is that perhaps for the past couple hundred years, we've lost contact with the agrarian societies, particularly in the West with the Industrial Revolution. So we are moving urban and we're in the urban areas and we don't see nature anymore. So we don't connect anymore to that. And it's it's kind of a shame, really. It is. It's sad. It's sad. It's like we need to get back to that belief that we have to honor and respect everything, including nature, including animals, that, you know, truly without nature and animals, we as humans couldn't exist. We couldn't survive. You're absolutely correct. Well, what we need to do for just a moment is pause for a couple of announcements, and then we'll be back, and, and we're going to pick up with this great topic. So here are a couple of announcements. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. 
Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. <gasps> on your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Okay, and welcome back. Well, I think the barking has ended, but the panting has now begun. That was a very exciting session for the pugs, apparently. But we have with us Karen Anderson, uh, who is a very intriguing animal communication, both living and deceased. And we have just been talking about the the role of animals and post-death communication with animals and how, uh, indeed, animals do seem to have a consciousness that goes across life and death. And I'm kind of curious, what animals do you think are easiest to contact after death? I mean, you've mentioned that you've had contact from all sorts of animals, including small ones. But what are some animals that are easier to come in contact with or the most common to come in contact with? You know, most of my clients are calling me about their dogs or their cats. Those are the primary calls that I get. But I also connect with horses who have passed over, Mm -hmm. um, rats, um, top-bellied pigs, 
um, parrots of all different um, sizes and shapes, um, different reptiles, snakes, lizards, uh, you name it. It's it's pretty much a little of everything. A typical day in my life is, you know, mostly dogs and cats and then a sprinkling of a few others. And honestly, Brandy, there is no one animal that is easier to communicate with. Even the theory that, uh, you know, dolphins and whales are of higher intelligence and, um, and, and there, there might be a, a, an assumption that they're easier to communicate with. But I have found, just like any random sampling of humans, you have mm-hmm. some humans that are extremely smart and intelligent and articulate and can carry a conversation, and then you have some not so much. Okay. The same can be said about animals. You have some that are incredibly articulate and can communicate well, and then others not so much. And actually, I think you can see that even in life, because as I've mentioned, I have an assortment of pugs here, and they're, they're I have seven of my own and one rescue that I'm, I'm taking care of, and then my mother also does foster and rescue, and she has her own, and, and I take care of them sometimes during the day, which is why it's a little noisier here, but it's interesting because I have seen, you know, there are levels, There's there are some that are very intelligent, very empathic, very much aware of their surroundings, and actually, there's kind of a, a pecking order, and then there's the very... Uh, we have one that I swear has three functioning brain cells, and these three brain cells are to do bad. They know how, he knows how to spit out pills, get around gates that he's not supposed to get around, you know. But everything else, he just kind of stands and stares. He does absolutely nothing. He's the most—I don't know—he's a very unusual little little boy. So, I think uh, you're probably right. And these characteristics not only are in life, but they're also uh, post-life. That's really neat. Now. Their, uh, their personalities and, and their little characteristics and, and innuendos about them, those all can come through during a session. The, the, the animals and their personality, they maintain that after they pass on. They, they keep those same um, types of behaviors and personalities, and, and that can be part of, the, of your session of, of what comes through. That is absolutely intriguing, and I'm kind of curious, what kind of clientele normally contacts you to do uh, post-death communication? I mean, where does this come into to everyday life? You know, the, probably the, the highest number of clients who contact me about an animal who has transitioned is somebody that has either suffered um, a recent loss and they're having a hard time handling their grief and they really just need that reassurance that their animal is okay. A lot of us carry around a lot of guilt if perhaps we weren't there when they passed on or or we felt that maybe we should have done one more surgery or one more procedure or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get a lot of clients from that respect that just want to kind of hear from them, make sure everything's okay. And um, and then we have, of course, um, there's always lost animals where... They want to know if they're dead or alive, and should they continue their search. And so it's it's kind of a little of everything. And, and I have I have clients. Just yesterday, I had a client contact me because she was having suicidal thoughts because of the recent passing of her bulldog, and she could not find a way to get through her grief. And while I always say that a session is never a cure for our grief, there's many. Um, organizations out there that can assist you if you're having suicidal thoughts and but it can certainly give you peace of mind and give you um, a better feeling hearing a message especially when something so specific came through this this little guy this little bulldog yesterday came through and told me his mama's nickname for him 
Really? It was nothing close to his own name, so there would have been no way in the world that, that of course, I would have known that, and I don't spend my time trying to uh, to do those kinds of things. It's whatever the animals send me, you know, it's whatever they want to talk about. And it was truly the one thing that she needed to hear. Now, did that take away her grief? No. Did it, did it make the pain of, of losing him better, easier? M- maybe. Maybe not. It's, mm-hmm. it's a process. Grief is a process. And it's interesting that you mentioned that as well, because there are now uh, grief groups for pet owners. And uh, I know, as I said, Odyssey is perhaps what I tell people is he's my familiar, because I can't find a better term. And a familiar, of course, goes back to the old days with um, the idea of witches, and that witches had a familiar. This was a being that augmented you know, power. And even though, despite what my students may think, I'm actually not a witch, but I've always found this to be interesting because people have already approached me, particularly you know, family members, and they've said, well, you know, they're pet support groups. So that when Odyssey dies, you know, they want me to be prepared for this. And, you know, so I certainly understand that that grieving process is there. And I think maybe it's because uh, maybe that universal love and trust that we have with our pets. I work with many, many people and humans are a little enigmatic. I have to admit, I think some days I actually prefer my pets. Because, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, you know, they don't care what you look like. They don't care, you know, you can be gone for five minutes and back and they're always excited to see you. You know, there's not really that demand other than pay attention to me and feed me and make sure I'm happy. But it's much simpler than dealing with humans, which are so complicated some days. So that that grief process and knowing that the pet is still there in the afterlife, I think would be quite significant. Absolutely. I agree with you, and I can tell you that just from my personal experience, I've had some of my animals longer than I've had some of my human relationships, and they've been more fulfilling, and I think we spend more time with our animals than we do with a lot of other human beings, and there's there's just, there's a different kind of connection, and, and I know personally that I have grieved at times more deeply at the loss of one of my animal friends, meaning no disrespect whatsoever to my human loved ones who have passed on, mm-hmm. but the grief was somehow sharp. Brandy, it was somehow I can't even quite p- describe it, but it was like someone had ripped my heart right out of my chest and that I can't yes. breathe anymore. And I understand that that people have that same feeling with other human loved ones, but I find this to be a very common experience with humans who have lost their animal loved ones. There's just a very deep, deep pain, a deep bond there. So, oh, um, you're quite I, correct. Yeah, and I, I have one really cool story to share with you and this is why I will continue to do my work because I initially started this because I just loved animals and I wanted to understand mine on a higher level and honestly who wouldn't want to know what their animals are thinking I can't even imagine not wanting to know what's in these guys what's in their heads you know what they're thinking but I had a session where the deceased dog the dog had been passed on for several years it was a big huge English mastiff those beige-colored mastiffs with the black mask on their face. Mm-hmm. And his name was Jack, and we were uh, having a session with him and his mom and dad. I call you their moms and dads. And Jack was, came through with a message telling his human mom that she had something in her glands, um, in her body, and she needed to go get it checked out. And Brandy, it turned out to be breast cancer. The client had to have uh, a surgery for the removal of her breasts and the cancer, and she's currently undergoing the last few treatments of chemo and the radiation, and she's actually back to work and doing quite well, and she firmly believes that that message from Jack saved her life because she had no 
uh, appointments to, to check up on anything until later on this year. This session came in last year around um, September. That is actually quite amazing, and, and you're not the first to really say that. We uh, did an interview with a, a Reiki master a while back about pet sensitivity, and one thing that she actually said was living pets will sense injuries in humans, and uh, that animals actually do try to heal you. They are definitely your friends, and sometimes they will, even in life, they try to communicate these injuries to you. And she was actually describing sessions where she would... Uh, you know, have a client and this cat would just come and sit by and on this part of the client when she was trying to do a, a Reiki session and the client didn't mind, but it turns out that this was so persistent that she said, well, you might want to go to the doctor. There's something a little odd here. And the woman went to the doctor and indeed was diagnosed with cancer and actually had to, you know, underwent treatment and, and did well, but, you know, partly attributes that to the animals. I mean, they're just so intuitive to us. They know us better than we know ourselves, I think. They do, and, and they take on our illnesses and our injuries, and sometimes uh, someone will call me because their animal is having an issue, and then I trace it back to the, to the human. That's interesting, and I, I've oftentimes wondered this because I'm a very proud rat owner, and I've noticed I've been working on a doctorate, which is... <laughs> It's interesting. It's not really the love of my life, which it should be because I love education, but it's one of those practical degrees. So, And I've noticed that during times of stress, for whatever reason, that is when I will lose a rat. It's only, it almost always seems to be, when I, I had one die right in the middle of comps. I had one die, you know, during my first presentation uh, in the degree program when I was getting a paper back that was very stressful. Actually, when I was producing a paper, that was a horrible thing to produce. And it's it seems like, and I I hope to heavens it's not the doctor at killing these guys, but it, it does seem that they do respond to that, that that's when they, they start to go. And I actually mentioned that to my chair and, uh, you know, I don't know how seriously he, he takes it, but I'm taking it pretty seriously. I'm trying to de-stress so I don't kill my own pets anymore. I would change my perspective just a little and I don't necessarily see it as you killing them. I like to think that um, truly, when you come from a loving place in your heart, even if you have to euthanize one of your animals, you're ultimately, you have their best interests um, as yes. your primary focus. And, you know, if, if surely if you purposely set out to do harm to an animal, that's a different um, situation, of course, and those who are abusive to animals, uh, they're not uh, a part of this. But I know, personally speaking, that I have agonized over um, having to help an animal transition and it's got to be one of the hardest decisions and hardest times um, to go through to come to the realization that you have to make that final decision and say goodbye to a dear and devoted friend when perhaps there are parts of them that are still functioning and they're yeah. still showing little signs of joy or or them you know happiness and and it, it's really a difficult time, and, and I, I struggle with it, and look what I do for a living. So I understand. It strikes us to the core. It strikes us to the core of who we are and um, the love that we share with these amazing animals and what they're here to help us with. The animals tell me that they are here to help us through our rough times, and I honestly think that the the rats that you have lost during times of stress that was just the end of the chapter for them and and they needed to open that space for another one to come into your life that well could be i'm happy to say they were all pretty much they were old at that point 
so. I will truly hope so. But nonetheless, I, I can't help but think if I de-stress, it, it will improve everybody's life. It's a I good sign. I agree. Stress is not good, even for our animals. They take, they're like little barometers of us. If you can imagine, it's think of a canary in the mining cave. You know how they put the canary in to see if the canary can survive in there. And then if it dies, they know there's not enough oxygen or whatever that is. Our animals are like little barometers of us. And so when they're not doing well, when they're dysfunctional, when they're with disease or illness, you need to trace that back to yourself and your life and your lifestyle. And are you living a balanced life? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you stressing yourself out? Okay, so we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the more powerful examples of post-death communication, but I think what we'll go ahead and do is is prepare to transition to the question about how can people learn more about this topic? You're one of the very first I've ever met that does post-death pet communication, and I think that's just an absolutely fascinating field. How can people learn more about this? I have so much information. If they go to my website, which is karenanderson.net, On my blog, there are actual detailed stories from sessions of different animals and the messages that they've shared, along with all kinds of photos and um, even letters from my clients saying what their experience was like. So lots of information there. Mm -hmm. I teach a a two-hour teleclass, Brandy, on how to communicate with your animals, both living or deceased. So if they would like to learn how to do it, the class, I actually have a class this coming June 18th. That class is full, but if you want to put your name on the list for the next one, you can send us an email and we'll put you on the list. And um, that's the best way to learn is to take a class because I can teach most people how to communicate with animals in about 15 minutes and then the rest is up to you because you have to practice 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 okay now that actually sounds intriguing i'm gonna have to look up on this class as i said maybe it'll help me out with some of these pugs and getting them to behave when they need to behave and even on paranormal investigations i know on a couple of uh, occasions people have sent small animals or pets or whatnot but not really been able to fully communicate so maybe that's uh, a niche that i can start working on for the spirits of saint petersburg well i so sincerely appreciate your working with us today this has just been one of those fun-filled days i don't know it started off that way and I guess it's going to continue that way but we finally made it and you are just an absolutely fantastic guest thank you and and I'll share with you um, when we're off the air I have messages for you from your little rat shadow who has passed on so I'll share those with you when we Oh, that would be fantastic. And I look forward to that. And perhaps as things settle down a little bit, hopefully, we can try again. And it'd be very interesting to see what else you can find out about pets. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that off the air as well. So again, your website for people who are curious? The website is KarenAnderson.net. The book is called Hear All Creatures. And you can get that on Amazon. Of course, if you want a personalized copy, you'd have to order it from me. And the book has just a tremendous amount of similar stories of what I shared today along with how I first learned to understand the messages. So that's the easiest way. Just check out the website. Excellent. And I am certainly going to go back through. I've, I've seen your website and it is very professional. It's very well done. And of course, I am quite interested in that book. So, well, I want to thank you again so much for being our guest. And basically what we are going to do is uh, get ready to close out the show. I always remind folks, and I, I'm sure you agree with this, to support your pet rescues. There are many, many needy pets out there. There are wonderful animals out there that are in need of a good home. And you can help to provide that. 
Locally, I support the pug rescue, and I know, Karen, do you support a particular rescue? I do. It's called the FPCA, and, and it is uh, local here. I'm actually on the board of directors for it, so it's in the Spokane area. But, you know, go to the, your local shelter and just drop off supplies or, or even cash donations, anything. Your time, your effort, your energy, anything that you can provide. Oh, excellent. And with that, if anybody wants to see more on the paranormal, you can also check out the Spirits of St. Petersburg, www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. And I certainly want to thank you all for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again on our next show. Have a wonderful day. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>